Welcome to the Nash Biz Podcast, a podcast specifically for business owners in Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're seeking the best strategies for scaling your business, networking opportunities, or just plain old entertainment, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show. What is up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am one of the hosts of the Nash Biz Podcast with my business partner and co-host, John Trusty. Today, we have a very special guest, Sarah Beth Perry. She is the founder and CEO of With The Band, a premier fan engagement company. Perry has grown With The Band from an idea in her dorm room to captivating packed out arenas with her creative and collaborative fan projects. Some of her most notable experiences include her fan engagement activations at the Jonas Brothers highly anticipated Happiness Begins Tour and Casey Musgrave's Oh What a World Tour. Upon seeing her concept come to fruition, Perry was encouraged to continue exploring other fan engagement avenues. Being a music fan herself, she realized there was a big opportunity to create better relationships between an artist and their fans. Sarah Beth, how's it going? Going good. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So do you go by Sarah or Sarah Beth? What do you prefer? I usually go by Sarah Beth. There's so many Sarahs. Okay, cool. So Sarah Beth it is. So as we're diving into your journey as a business owner and founder, to start off the show, even though I introduced you with that paragraph, I like you introduce yourself. So let's say we're on an elevator. We're on floor 12. We're going down to floor one. What is your elevator pitch of who Sarah Beth Perry is? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Nashville, always surrounded by music, always kind of knew I wanted to do music. Uh, I think anyone in my life knows me as the girl who was obsessed with like the boy band, or the, you know, a bunch of different artists. Uh, and so that's really been kind of my love from like the beginning of my life to now and really pursuing uh, how to better create fan relationships. Yeah, that's awesome. So are, are you an artist yourself? I'm not an artist. I've kind of, I definitely, you know, I feel like everyone who lives in Nashville, like learned to play the guitar or the piano when they were younger. Um, so I know the absolute basics, but I would never like wanted to be an artist. So with, with the band, obviously there's a problem being solved. What, what problem did you see where you thought, okay, I, I need to solve this? Yeah, so uh, it really kind of went back to uh, when my sister and I were huge fans as we got older. Uh, we were those girls who were like waiting outside every show and like waiting in all of the lines going early. And I remember seeing these different fans congregate uh, and kind of just remembered thinking like, oh, I'm surprised the artist teams don't know about these. Uh, I'm surprised they're not more involved. I feel like this is such a missed opportunity. Yep. Uh, and then kind of didn't think much of it until I went to Belmont and I double majored in music business and entrepreneurship. And it was really there that I learned like there is more to the music industry than just the artists and the label. Uh, I really learned that someone had to be the one who is connecting the fan, the one who is actually thinking about them when they were making all these business decisions on the artist side. And yeah. that's when I really knew what I wanted to do. So explain a little deeper about what the band's doing. So you're connecting the artists with the fans. So other yeah. than the engagement, like the, the happiness from the fans, what is the positive effects for the artists to be doing this? Yeah. So we do a few different things. Uh, we've evolved a lot <laughs> over the past 
since we've started, but of course, you know, COVID threw a wrench in everyone's plans. Um, and so previously we had an app that enabled fans and artists to create and participate in these fan projects and fan meetups. So fans could create them, they could join other fans, uh, different meetups. And that was kind of what we saw as like the first step into the water. Uh, and then we ended up from the Jonas Brothers activation, just getting so much more artist attention early on than I ever anticipated. Uh, and so then that's when we partnered with Casey Musgraves and created her fan engagement activation. And so that was very much kind of starting out as like, how do we create this like once in a lifetime moment at a show uh, and really make it to like convert these regular fans into super fans and create just like a big press moment. And so that was kind of the first goal. And then as it's, you know, kind of evolved, well, we've talked to people about getting sponsors involved and um, how can then a brand partner with an artist to create this experience. Uh, and then through COVID, we ended up completely developing out our software. Uh, and we realized it was really a big gap in the market for these like medium to larger size artists. So a lot of the indie artists, there's so many tools out there that they can use to kind of DIY stuff. Uh, but really these medium to larger size artists, the way they were quote unquote, like managing their fan base was through social media, which they don't have any actual contact information of the fan, uh, a very like outdated email list or a like 90s forum website, or they could completely build their own customized app for like over a hundred grand. And there really wasn't anything in between. And so we ended up building out this new fan crew platform that enables an artist to create their own modern day version of a fan club. So it's monthly subscription revenue for them. Uh, they get to offer their fans anything they want off of kind of like a huge list of benefits that we offer. Uh, that could be live streaming, exclusive posts. It could be meet and greets. Uh, they can really kind of customize it to what they think their fans will like best. And they set the pricing on that as well. So that brings in, a, you know, just so many more benefits to the artist, whether that's the revenue that's now coming in, that's a sustainable stream for them. Uh, but also we, one of the big things when I researched, no one allows the artist access to the data. And that was one of my big things that I wanted was, Let's make a place where they can actually manage the fan base. And so the artists can see each individual fan and what's their like lifetime revenue that they've spent on them and basically trying to help them better that relationship with their super fans. So can, can you buy tickets through this platform? So right now the ticket links like all link out. So wherever you, you know, buy the usual ticket, it's going to send you to Ticketmaster or, gotcha. um, you know, Eventbrite or wherever they're having their show. But it, but it's essentially a hub where, you know, let's say I'm a super fan of Taylor Swift. The only reason I say that is because she's from where I'm from. Yeah. Um, anything related to Taylor Swift is on this app. Merch, tickets, shows. She's doing a live stream or maybe like a, a special appearance, whatever. Whatever that might be, it's all in this one spot. Yes. And that was one of the big things uh, that I saw when I was looking into working in the fan engagement. I did a lot of research uh, because I kind of had this idea of like, well, what if, you know, I started looking for a company that I wanted to work for. And that's when I realized there was a major gap because I couldn't find anyone who I felt like wasn't screwing over the artist or wasn't screwing over the fan. Uh, and that's really kind of when the idea was born. Right. Um, and I think that's what really kind of 
was the birth of that idea was during that time period. So you're essentially helping the, the artists, well, you're connecting the two, the artists and the fan, but out of it, the, the artist gets to manage their own following and monetize it and kind of create, you're helping them create a business for around their following. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. Cause I, cause Thanks. I would argue, obviously in the music world, everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants to be huge <laughs> and especially in Nashville, mm-hmm. there's a ton of talent. So yeah. I think you can argue that even though the artist talent makes the artist, I think the mm-hmm. fans make the artist even more so. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like the, I think that has been lost a lot within the music industry. Of, um, it was actually it was someone, and I'm gonna totally forget his name now, who I saw speak at a Billboard conference, and uh, he, I believe, he was one of like in the C-suite level at Ticketmaster at the time, and he was saying how the music industry is one of the only industries that is. Uh, not consumer centric. So we think about what does the artist want and then create everything from that where they're not even thinking about the buyer at the beginning of creation. Um, And so that's kind of what we wanted to flip on its head. It's like, how can we think of the fan first and then create the products and then create the tools that help the artist? Interesting. Interesting. Tell, tell us a little bit about building this platform because Brady and I have kind of dipped our feet in the water a couple of times with some software and we're building something in the background and we know it's not easy. So yeah. Tell us about some of the pitfalls and how y'all got through that. Totally. Uh, so I'm definitely more music business minded than tech minded. Uh, that's my background was more music. And so really coming to the tech side of things, I had no idea how you build an app. I had no idea what a web app versus the native app was. Uh, and so it was a big learning curve for me. And it has taken, you know, I think I've been working on the idea for about four years now. So it took a lot of time to for me to learn from, you know, different advisors and meeting with random developers. I met just trying to question them being like, okay, well, what does a native app mean? And like, how is that different from this? Uh, And it took me over, it was probably like a year to a year and a half till I actually found, till I actually found my developers that I worked with. And uh, I'm very blessed with my developer situation. I think I'm one of the only people who's not had a negative experience. And uh, they, I still work with them to this day. I just had a meeting with them this morning. And we're now located in the same office space in Nashville, uh, which is so nice that they're local guys. And they have just, he, Ben is kind of their like leader of the pack. And he's really just like taking me under his wing to not talk like tech language, I guess, and bring it down. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's what we're building. And uh, is, they're always super responsive. Sorry, super responsive. And, you know, I hate to say they've been so great. Like there haven't been a ton of pitfalls. I think it's more of learning on my end of things um, of trying to figure out, like, I think one of the things I do now that I did in the beginning was making sure to create like, not the crappiest, but like the fastest MVP possible with the least amount of resources and test it before I build it. Uh, I think that was something that, People always told me that I didn't really get until I think I made the mistake. Well, no, I, I agree with that because I think if you don't build an MVP and you try to perfect it, it's never finished. 
So for you, I think something like this, given what you're trying to do differently, like you have to get that feedback, especially from the fans, because just like the fans make the artist, the fans make your company. The fans don't use your platform, then there's no platform really. So with the buzz that you've created, I mean, being involved in the Jonas Brothers and the Casey Musgraves, and I'm sure there's other artists, how how did you gain that attention? Because I know marketing this is huge. Yeah. Uh, so the, and yeah, tell me if this cuts out by the way, because it's lagging a bit on my end. Uh, and just tell me I need to restart. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, uh, really how we created the buzz was from the Jonas brothers fan project. Uh, so I definitely saw that as more of a way to basically create a marketing campaign, Uh, That one was only fans. The artist team was not involved in that one. Uh, I always say there's every reason that should not have worked out. Uh, We walked into Bridgestone Arena with 16,000 times and no one said anything, uh, which is still just kind of blows my mind to this day. Uh, But we had a group of, I think it was about nine people who we had all prepared beforehand on like you are going to the 200s we're doing the 100s you're doing the floor and we set out these signs that said thank you for coming back to us and so for that one uh i don't know how much you know about the jonas brothers but it was their reunion tour they had a song called come back and so it was like a really big deal for them to kind of have this reunion uh and so we were just hoping that this was gonna have like a few hundred fans would be involved and just went way better than we ever expected. So on the back of the sign, it had instructions for them to hold it up during the song comeback, which was about halfway through the show. And we were just hoping and waiting. And then all of a sudden it was like everyone in the arena was holding it up. And like all three of the guys are crying on stage, uh, got written up by a bunch of major press outlets. And that was when we like, when all of us, but especially me, like really knew like, oh crap, like this is incredible. Like this is our thing. Uh, and I still say to this day, like, I think that'll probably be the best day of my life ever. <laughs> um, and I've just never felt like in that moment, like I a hundred percent knew like, this is what I was meant to do. Yeah. So, so had you started with the band yet or was it, you were just a fan at this point? So I started with the band, um, and this, we had just like finished developing the app. So where fans could create and participate in these fan projects and fan meetups. And so this was kind of the way I saw like, let's try this as a marketing strategy to launch. So I completely bootstrapped the entire company. I did a lot of pitch competitions and that's how I won the startup money. And so the way I feel like I started doing things, which I still do to this day, because I feel like it's worked really well is with like a small budget, figure out here's 10 ideas we have for marketing. Let's spend like a little bit on each one and then we'll see what does well. And then we'll just do that again. And that like this Jonas Brothers project was one of those ideas. Uh, And so just blew everything we thought out of the water. And then it was from that, that then we uh, started working with Casey Musgraves and uh, we talked with her team because it was really after the Jonas Brothers thing. We were like, how do we even talk this? Like that was the best we thought we could do. Um, We didn't even know like kind of where to go next. And so we just started looking at who was playing in Nashville next. And we realized Casey Musgraves was playing. We're like, okay, well, you know, she had just won, just swept the Grammys that year. and won like album of the year, song of the year, everything. 
And so we started trying to come up with the ideas and we're like, oh my gosh, like what if we create a rainbow during the song rainbow? And so what we ended up doing for hers was we had, it was like small little signs in each seat in the arena that were different colors, depending on where you were sitting. And it had like our logo on the front and on the back, it asked fans to put it up to their phone flashlight during the song rainbow. So it created just this like glowing rainbow in the arena. Uh, that one, like she cried too. And it's kind of been special because even to this day, most of the ones we plan now the artist team knows about it, but the artist doesn't until it happens. And so it's still like a surprise moment for them, which is a lot wow. of fun. That's awesome. Just like yeah. using, using the fans emotion of how much they love and support these artists to become a market disruptor with these ideas of just yeah. something that's not being done and it's giving a great impact for both the fan and the artist. Totally. And like, that's whenever I have a bad day, like I always go back and look, Nick Jonas had posted about it. Um, and I look at the fans comments because one thing I didn't really, I thought it would happen on some level, but it was just to a different level than I ever imagined is this like fan ownership of it. Um, like even though the fan didn't make the project or they didn't put out the sign or whatever, everyone in the comments is like, I'm so honored. I got to be part of this. Like, I feel so lucky that I went to the show. Um, and there's just this ownership that like they made an impact on the artist as an individual. And that's been super rewarding to see. Yeah. What, what, what I love about what you're doing is when I think business owners create businesses that serve different types of people, there's a ton of power there because what you're doing is you're serving the artists because you're giving them an, a platform to actually connect to their fans. And like, yeah, you could argue social media, but we know that, you know, Taylor Swift posts a post and there's like a million comments. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. no way she's going to get to all of that. Totally. But you're also serving the fans because mm -hmm. I think fans like there are, I'm not, I'm not a super fan of any artist. That's just me. But I know that people are major super fans of the Jonas Brothers. You, it's yeah. obvious. You know, there's people who are 30 who are like, I love the Jonas Brothers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're giving them an opportunity to get involved. And, and I think there's a ton of power there. Did, when you started with the band, was that your intention? Or did you just say, hey, I'm doing this because this is something I would have wanted? You know, I think it was a little bit of both. I think that one of the things... I've seen from being a fan that a lot of people in the music industry, I don't think understand is the power of a fan um, and how, you know, especially too, when social media came out of fans being able to drive a song up the charts if they really want to. Mm -hmm. um, like there was, I remember there was something about One Direction. I think it was, it was one of their last albums and there was a song that like all the fans loved, but the label wouldn't make it a single but the fans kept requesting it so much that they like had to make it a single. Um, and so I think realizing, and I think my goal was always like, how can we not only make the fan feel more important in this situation, but how can we really leverage them to even grow the artist's career even further? Right. Yeah. I like that. No, I, I think especially with the Nashville, like I mentioned before, everybody wants the same thing. And I mm -hmm. think what the issue is, this is from my perspective, is it, it was hard being a fan of a lot of different artists because they're in so many different places. And like, how can I yeah. give my full attention to like, you know, my country music artists and my rap artist, you know, it's, it's difficult. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think what you're doing to this platform of just connect, allowing them to connect further and making it mm-hmm. easier. I, I think the, in my perspective, what your platform does above anything else is just convenience. It's convenient now to do it. It's convenient to be a super fan. Whereas like before, okay, now it's really difficult to actually keep up with what this person is doing. Yeah, totally. And that's one of the biggest things we wanted with this new platform we really built out with the fan crew thing is just how can we make sure that this is not even just a artist to fan thing, but also Mm -hmm. like a fan to fan thing. So like a vertical and a horizontal relationship. Yeah. And that's really where I feel like, you know, and we have kind of like a wall in our office too of comments that fans have said. And I think every one of them or at least, you know, half to 75% have been about they've met someone or, um, you know, hey, I met my best friend, like, who were both obsessed with Harry Styles through this, like, fan matching thing you did. And that's what, like, keeps me going because I think, especially a lot of these, like, fangirls, as you call them, a lot of the people who are super obsessed with an artist, a lot of them are usually, like, the outsiders or they're just not the cool people. And so for them to really find a community where they feel like they can be themselves is something that I've like always wanted to encourage. Yeah. That's awesome. So with the big, the big blow up with the Jonas brothers to go back a little bit, that was the prime story of overnight success, right? It took you four years and then you get to the big night. (laughs) It's the best possible. And then, and that's what everybody sees is from that point on. Totally. Oh, you're an overnight success. Talk about, yeah. The four years before, while you're building this app, what are some of the things that you're doing to gain traction or to try to get to that big moment? Yeah. So the very first time I even, I remember telling one person about the idea, but I was like, that's way too big for me. Like I could never do that. And then someone came into it was like my entrepreneurship class. I was a sophomore at the time at Belmont. And they're like, we're having a business plan competition, like applications are due on Friday. And it was like, I think maybe Wednesday or Tuesday at that point in time. And one of my good friends was in the class and I was like, hey, do you think I should like try to submit this idea I have and like pitch it? And she was like, there's no way you can write a business plan in like two days. And I was like, okay. And then I went to Fido and like bought a big book that was like how to write a business plan and just sat there for two days and wrote it. And that was really the first time I told more than, you know, two people about this idea. And uh, I ended up winning the competition. And so I was like, okay, like, maybe this is a cool idea. Uh, And they told me because I won that one, I qualified for this like state championship type thing. Uh, And so I was like, okay, well, this is good. Like, I'll do this one because I kind of just thought, oh, it's the Belmont bubble. They're just like trying to be nice. And everyone's obsessed with music here. So it, you know, makes sense to more people. And so then I did this statewide competition and I ended up winning that. And the guy who gave me the award was the chief of technology at Walmart. And he was like, we think yours is the most scalable and was telling all these things. And I ended up getting like a big grant from that competition. And I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm starting this company now. Um, And that was in the summer of 2017. And then from that, so then I was starting my junior year of college. And so I was doing college full-time, interning. Um, I started, technically started with the band and did that pitch presentation the same semester I was interning at CMA. 
uh, also working a ton of events, uh, worked like the Grammys that year. And so I was really working the entire time. I kind of joke, I didn't go to college. I just went to work. Um, and it was a lot of grind. I was in the Belmont Accelerator Program. I've done three of the National Entrepreneurships Programs, which I think very few people have done. I did pre-flight uh, right after I won that pitch competition and that because I hadn't taken my business classes yet at Belmont. So I was like, I need a crash course. Like, I think it was like eight weeks or 12 weeks and what I need to do. And so I did pre-flight and then later I did in-flight and project music. So they've been an awesome resource for me, but it was really a lot of research because it, I think it was about a year that I really didn't think that I could do this. I thought there had to be something else out there that was similar enough to where they're going to be successful and they're going to do good at it. And the more I worked on it, the more I realized, like, I really feel like there's a gap in the market and I feel like I have the right skills to go in and fill it. Yeah. No, I, I think as entrepreneurs, cause we, we run our own business too. It's, it is mental, right? It's a lot of mental fortitude mm-hmm. you have to have of, even if there was something similar to it, just be yeah. better. You know, it's just like, I'm better. I, I have more yeah. traction than this other company. And I think what you did is great. So I, the, the, the mm. route you went and that's, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Everybody's route is different. You know how totally. you got started. It sounds like you like kind of accidentally got started. Like you didn't really know <laughs> if you wanted to start the business, yeah. but someone was like, Hey, Sarah, Beth, you need to start this business. And you're like, okay, here we go. So yeah. along this journey, like all of that sounds great. All, all of the education that you t- took mm-hmm. in the grant, one of the competitions, I imagine there were some times where you're like, man, this kind of sucks. Is this, even totally. though I'm passionate <laughs> about this, it, yeah. am, I, am I going the right path? Like, should I throw in the towel? Should I give mm-hmm. up? Let's talk about, you know, a particular time that comes to mind where you had to like force yourself to keep going because it was starting to get a little bit too difficult. Yeah. I think for me personally, COVID was definitely like <laughs> the big hitter in that um, because, you know, I started working on it in 2017. I graduated from Belmont in May of 2019. And then it was, you know, three months later, we had the Jonas Brothers project launch the app. Then we had the Casey Musgraves project. And so it was just going so well. Um, and then COVID hit. So it was very much like, oh, crap, well, Like if we can't do shows now, well, what are we going to do? And I, I really think if that Jonas Brothers event had not happened before, like with the band would not exist today because I wouldn't have like truly felt like, okay, I'm supposed to do this. This is, I need to fight for this. Uh, Because, you know, during COVID we had to completely change our business model um, I, <laughs> I think everyone got off their schedule a bit and, you know, it was just a tough time to really figure out, well, if we're not doing shows, what can we do? And so I just started having a lot of meetings and I'm thankful that that happened to be when project music started. Uh, I applied for it before COVID and it started like a very first call was virtual. And so I'm really glad that that was a year long program. And that was something I had every single week that kind of forced me to stay on course a little bit. Um, And then it was really, I feel like trying to fight for it until we realized, okay, we're going to build out this fan crew platform. And it was because I got a group of people, probably about 20 different ones together who were heads of labels, worked in digital managers. And I was really surveying them trying to figure out 
what do they need right now? Because I had multiple emails coming in just being like, Hey, Sir Beth, what do we do besides live streaming? And I was trying to Google to find like other things for them to use and really felt like there wasn't another good option besides just like a simple live stream thing. Uh, And so I think it was really trying to get over that hump was the biggest one for me. Gotcha. So before we wrap up from going from super fan to the business that connects the super fans with the artists, what, what's next for you as you continue to scale this, what's the next project or, or goal that you're trying to hit at with the band? Yeah. So I'm super excited. We just kind of finished all of our beta testing with the new fan crew platform. And so we're really planning to launch some big artists on it coming this new year. Uh, and so that's what I'm just really excited to do. We, I feel like the platform is, it's in a really good place right now and I'm really excited about it. And we've been able to see uh, Maggie Rose. She's a national artist. She's been one of our beta artists. And just to see how different artists use it and their fans and uh, the interaction and engagement from the fans has been way higher than I ever expected on it. And we basically got it all set now. And so now it's like, okay, well, what if like 10,000 fans to join in a day, like if the Jonas Brothers join, like how do we handle that? And that's what we've been figuring out until we like launch those types of artists in the new year. Yeah. No, that, that's a good problem to have though, too. Yeah, it's been a lot of I absolutely have realized I love processes and we use Notion. And it's been like, oh, yeah, it's incredible. I'm probably addicted to it. But um, it's it's been a lot of fun trying to kind of come up with problems and what the solution would be. Yeah. No, and it's interesting, because even though you love what you're doing right of music you mm-hmm. still have to be a business owner at the end of the day right totally. you still have to run a business regardless of whether it's with music or not so like we yeah. love notion we use monday.com mm-hmm. a project management tool too and yeah. it's all about just like if then scenarios like if this happens what do we do like how, mm-hmm. how do we handle this so yeah. if the jonas brothers join your platform <laughs> yes that creates problems but that's a great problem to have so yeah, yeah. Break, breaking totally. the system so you can fix it. That's yeah, good. exactly. 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 But Sarah, Beth, as we close, we talked about a lot and, and I'm really excited for this to air because I think what you're doing with, with the band is, is really interesting. Um, and your rise to where you're at today is really interesting as well. And the way that you pushed through the pandemic, because you think about with the band of connecting fans to artists, there wasn't really a spot for them to connect during the pandemic. There's no shows really other than social media, but like I said, it kind of gets lost. So for others who are young, ambitious and, and growing businesses that grow through something that could potentially end a business, right? The pandemic ended a lot of businesses. What should they be doing or what should they be telling themselves to get through that, to keep pushing to the other side? Yeah, I think one thing that has helped me a lot with like when I do have my bad days and, you know, I still get them all the time. um, I think it's really I like get a sticky note and I write down like here are the five things like I have to do. Like I have to email these five people. Um, And those things aren't like make this process and notion. These are like what are five steps that are going to get me towards that goal of more revenue or towards 
Uh, like if I have to get a legal document finished to, you know, then get the artist contract signed, like what are, what is, even you, if it's just one, like what is that one next step I have to take to move forward? And I think just doing that one thing every day is at least, you know, when you go home and sit on the couch later, you're like, I did do one productive thing. <laughs> like that helps more than nothing, you know? Yeah. No, there's something I live by that I, I, I and it sounds kind of like overkill, but I look at my life of five second decisions. So one five second decision at a time. And it allows me to one, take a step back because again, running the business is overwhelming. It's hard. Anyone who tells you it's not got yeah. is lying. <laughs> Let's just say that they're lying. Totally. Um, so it's just one decision at a time and like understanding I'm going to have bad days. There's going to be times when I'm going to face failure, but it's just thinking about what can I do to at least still stay positive and get yeah. through that day and go to the next. So I think that's very powerful. So Sarah Beth, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best place to do that? Yeah. Um, all of my social media is just Sarah Beth Perry. It's Sarah with an H um, and the company's with the band VIP on, on, on all social media channels. Awesome. So guys, if you listen to the episode and you enjoyed it, please reach out to Sarah and let her know what you thought about it um, and join with the band, join the new app so they can connect to the yeah. artists. So Sarah, I appreciate you coming on. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nash Biz Podcast. We post new episodes every single week, and we'd greatly appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.